Sei così bella, anzi bellissimissima Lascio un punto e una virgola quando scrivo di te Ed è così bello, tra noi c'è questa chimica Una reazione insolita, non so bene cosa Che ci lega, lega, lega Ciao amici, welcome to Cinema Italiano the podcast dedicated to the Italian experience as told by film. Today, we'll be talking about the Italian films in selection at the 35th annual Palm Springs International Film Festival, held from January 4th through the 14th, 2024. These include Italy's submission for Best International Feature Film, Yo Capitano, plus La Chimera and Kidnapped, which have been making the rounds at a few festivals and are coming soon to the U.S., But first, as a couple notes on what's new and coming soon. A recent Italian film we haven't talked about before, but one to definitely keep an eye out on, is There's Still Tomorrow, or C'è Ancora Domani, directed by Paola Cortelesi. It premiered back in October 2023 at the Rome Film Festival, where it won the top prize and has gone on to become the top grossing film at the Italian box office last year and is now the ninth highest grossing film in Italian box office history. It's the story of a housewife set post-World War II during the time of Italy's referendum, where the public voted between a monarchy or a republic. I haven't been able to see it myself yet, but critics compare it to the pink neorealism era, a style of filmmaking back from that post-war time period. It's still being chopped around to US distributors, and hopefully it'll be available to see soon. And as a couple notes from another major film festival, the 74th Berlinale, the Berlin International Film Festival, will be taking place February 15th through the 25th, 2024, with two Italian films in selection. The Secret Drawer, or Il Casetto Secreto, directed by Costanza Quatrilio, is a self-reflective documentary in which the director, Costanza, donates her father's vast collection of books and archival materials to the Central Library of Sicily. In the process of returning to her family home and going through her father's things, Costanza is taken on a journey through time, revisiting the 1940s onward through books and images. The second film is My Summer with Irene, or Quell'estate con Irene, by Carlo Cironi, also set in Sicily, which follows two teenage girls who run away together to a faraway island off the coast to live freely and hide from the world. This is Carlo Cironi's second feature film, following Sole, which I actually got to see at the 2020 Palm Springs Film Festival. Compared to last year's Palm Springs International Film Festival, this year was a very strong lineup. Last year included the features Nostalgia, where life begins and freaks out, none of which were knockouts to me, plus the documentary Salvatore, Shoemaker of Dreams, which I did enjoy. But here we have three standout films, which make a stronger impression and are more powerful works of art. I'll start first with Yo Capitano, directed by Matteo Garrone. Yo Capitano has been selected as Italy's submission for Best International Feature Film at the Oscars, where it has made the shortlist, and it was also nominated for the Golden Globe in that same category. I first got to see this back in December of 2023, 
presented by the American Cinematheque in Los Angeles at the Arrow Theater, and I was excited to see it again at Palm Springs. There was an interesting distinction in between both contexts of these screenings. In Los Angeles, the screening included a double feature with Garrone's earlier film, Gomorra, as well as a Q&A with director Matteo Garrone and actors Seydou Sar and Mustafa Fall. So this setting was very much tailored for an audience here to see this movie, including Gamora and the Billing, very likely an audience with a sense of what they were in for. In contrast, at Palm Springs, within a film festival setting, many of the theater goers, with, as with any film festival, see what fits into their schedule, and they'll watch anything and everything, rather than something that's tailored for a more specific audience, like that Garrone double feature in Los Angeles. In fact, during the screening, there were several walkouts, in particular during moments of intense brutality and violence. Yo Capitano makes the immigrant experience a contemporary odyssey, following two young men, Seydou and Musa, and their journey from Senegal across the Saharan Desert to Libya, and eventually across the Mediterranean Sea to Europe. It's a very difficult film to stomach. The situation Seydou and Musa are in seem to get worse and worse, from a bouncing jeep ride through the desert, knocking passengers off who were left for dead, then forced to wander the sands by foot with no sign of water or life of any kind, and even being subjected to torture and sold into slavery. It's a test of the body as well as the spirit. Each new setting, with each new setting, we're there just long enough where fear trickles in that this could be it. Seydou and Musa see the abandoned bodies or fellow travelers who are stuck at these midway points, and their fate could easily become the same. That said, Il Capitano is also a film of beauty, bringing forth moments of magic amid dire circumstances. The endless pilgrimage by foot is too much for one woman who collapses and tragically meets her end. But rather than a body in the sand, Seydou sees her drifting in the air, floating gracefully where once she was stumbling and gasping for water. Her inner spirit and her strength is the memory and last impression that Seydou chooses to see. Not of her succumbing to the elements, but being liberated through a new life. Seydou's character arc also evolves from quieter submission to becoming a leader in his strength coming forth. From the beginning of the film, during their time in Senegal, he follows his cousin Musa's lead, and the two are told what to do by guides, fake passport dealers, and authority figures along the way. When the two become separated, Seydou finds guidance in a father figure in the prison who looks out for him and helps usher him along his journey. It's only when Seydou, on his own, is forced to captain the boat to the Mediterranean because he's unable to pay enough passage for both his cousin and himself. There's no one else he can count on but himself. He is the authority, caring for sick passengers, breaking up fights, and holding vigil to ensure the boat stays on course. The film's ending is an explosion of emotion and triumph, as the once meek Seydou becomes fully empowered, even defiant, for what comes next. He's proven to others and to himself that he can take charge and is ready for anything life throws his way. In addition to the tremendous performance by Seydou Sar and the engrossing narrative, 
Il Capitano is also noteworthy for showing a fuller look at the immigrant journey. Many stories, especially European ones, depict the arrival by boat or the immigrants' experience once they get to Europe, but don't show, beginning to end, the hardships and dire circumstances facing those who make that journey. Each step of the process is another shakedown, threat of violence, and barrier to overcome. To migrate without economic exploitation or physical brutality is simply not an option, and Yo Capitano is a powerful window into that experience. Yo Capitano is being distributed by Cohen Media Group and is coming to the United States on February 23rd, 2024. Up next is La Chimera, directed by Alice Rohrwacher. I had been looking forward to this one for a long time. I'm a huge fan of writer-director Alice Rohrwacher, and I've done episodes on her feature films Corpo Celeste and The Wonders, as well as her Academy Award-nominated short film Le Pupile. La Chimera tells the story of Arthur, an Englishman who's just been released from prison and returns back to the Pisa area around the northwest coast of the Italian peninsula. Back home, he balances between two worlds, that of his late girlfriend's aristocratic family with matriarch Flora and her young student Italia, as well as that of his criminal brigade, who dig up, repair, and sell ancient Etruscan artifacts. Arthur's role as gravedigger is a pivotal one within his team. He has the mysterious ability to identify psychically, where artifacts are buried. He holds up a broken tree branch as a dowsing rod to point his way to where treasure is buried, and it works. He closes his eyes, acts on intuition, and he's able to find the goods. As he gets back into the rhythm of things, he also grows closer to Italia, his late girlfriend's mother's student, and he struggles to insulate her from his criminal profession. As a student, but de facto servant, working in the household of declining aristocrats, surrounded by dusty old furniture and peeling wallpaper, Italia experiences firsthand what it's like to hopelessly cling to the riches of the past. In fact, she's drawn to an abandoned, once beautiful, train station nearby in Ritarbello, which is long out of use, now belonging to no one or to everyone. The sense of what belongs to who also parallels the ancient artifacts. They're objects buried within Etruscan tombs, intended for the deceased to bring into the next life, which today are being excised, stolen, and resold, changing several sets of hands, and are now centuries removed from their original owners. When I got out of the screening, in my notebook in all caps, I wrote the word DEATH. <laughs> Even from the film's poster, the sense of doom and dread looms over La Chimera, and specifically Arthur. An ongoing visual motif is him being shown upside down, in the pose of the Hanged Man tarot card. He's framed this way specifically in the scenes where he uses his branch to find ancient artifacts, tapping into a supernatural ability to connect with, and effectively steal from, the dead and is shown visually in reference to a doomed figure in The Hanged Man. 
even beyond the visuals, the narrative tensions with Arthur's late girlfriend, Benyamina, who's shown in flashback memories, pulling a thread from her sweater out of the ground like she's stuck, to today, with Arthur essentially hiding his professional life from his new girlfriend, Italia, there's a narrative tightening that's inescapable. This is all going to come to a head eventually. It's a thought-provoking story, and it reminded me of Rohrwacher's earlier film, The Wanders, in which a family of beekeepers plays the part of ancient Etruscans working the land for a reality competition TV show. Contemporary people struggling to get by with an inescapable tie to the ancient, whether that tie is chosen or given. But as contemplative as its themes are, La Chimera is not without its humor or moments of levity. Arthur's group of grave robbers is a lot of fun, with the men dressing up as La Befana, the Christmas witch, for the Feast of the Epiphany, and one of their top buyers of stolen artifacts uses a pet store as their front, working through a middleman, and it's a fun surprise who that buyer turns out to be. La Chimera is another standout film from Alice Rohrwacher, who to me is just one of the best. There's a lot going on intellectually and thematically, but it's also very entertaining and often fun to see just how far things go for Arthur. La Chimera is being distributed in the United States by Neon and is coming to theaters starting March 29th. And last but not least is Kidnapped, directed by Marco Bellocchio. What was neat about this screening was that it took place in the Camelot Theater at the Palm Springs Cultural Center, which is the exact same screen where I saw Marco Bellocchio's earlier film, The Traitor, back at the 2020 Palm Springs International Film Festival. I talked about Kidnapped earlier in my episode on the Chicago International Film Festival last fall, but to recap it again here, Kidnapped is the real-life 19th century story of Edgardo Mortara, a young Jewish boy who is taken from his family by the Catholic Church, set in Bologna during the era of the Papal States. The Church had learned Edgardo was baptized as a Catholic, and, according to Papal law at that time, the boy had to be raised within the Christian faith and taken from his family. His parents, fighting against the literal government, the Catholic Church, try every avenue available to them. But as years go by, and even after the political situation shifts from the Papal State to the unified Italy, nothing can be done to bring the guilty parties to justice or to reclaim their son. It's a horrible story, and it's both eye-opening for what the Papal State meant in practice, with Catholic Church as the government, answerable to no one, as well as how late, historically, the Inquisition continued to last. It's so often thought of as a long-ago, medieval-era period of history that ended, so the fact that its reverberations continued as recently as the 1800s is genuinely disturbing. I hadn't seen this movie since the Chicago Film Festival, so it was interesting to revisit a few months later with it already in my mind. There's one moment in particular that is quite striking and even moving, that I couldn't quite mentally unpack and articulate that rang clear to me this time around. About midway through the film, when Edgardo has been with the Catholic Church for some time now, 
He awakens one night and walks to the chapel, looking at Christ on the cross. He removes the nails holding him into place, and Christ comes to life, stepping down from the crucifix and walking away. It's a wordless sequence, and with its powerful musical score, it's quite an emotional scene. Watching the film a second time, I connected this moment to an earlier exchange in which the governesses, quote-unquote, caring for Edgardo away from his family, comment that Edgardo is like Jesus, a Jew who was baptized. Translating this exchange to Edgardo's moment with Christ in the chapel, it's like Edgardo sees himself in Jesus, stepping down from the cross, giving up the burden and sacrifice placed upon him, marks the turning point of Edgardo, no longer resisting, but now giving in to his new life as a Christian, relieving himself of the strife of fighting to get away and now surrendering. Kidnapped is very eye-opening, and even as a historical drama, still carries an emotional gravitas and real sense of tragedy. It's being distributed in North America by Cohen Media Group and should be coming out later this year. As I mentioned before, the Italian films programmed in this year's Palm Springs International Film Festival all feel very strong as three of my favorite Italian films from this past year. These are all from pretty high-profile directors, and as a film fan, it's good to know that all three of these have distributors, Yo Capitano and Kidnapped, coming from Cohen Media Group, and La Chimera, coming from Neon. So these will all be accessible within the United States, hopefully within these next couple months, and aren't one-and-dones that can only be seen at film festivals, which is often the case. All three of these films I would definitely recommend, which speaks to the strength of what a great year for film 2023 was. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your choice of podcast platform. You can also visit the show on our website at cinemaitalianopodcast.com, as well as on social media with Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, ciao, Michi.